Hey, Business Building Warrior, have an unusual episode for you today. I invited openly in our free Facebook group via a post, I invited a couple people to join me today. And these are a couple of folks who volunteered. We actually had about 30 volunteers, I think, if I remember correctly. But I said simply this, who here is skeptical of the Amazon opportunities as we present them in this community? You've got some questions. You've got some doubts. You've got some concerns. You've heard some things. You've seen some things and you want to talk to somebody, but you just haven't done it yet because you're just not quite convinced that this is legitimate. And a bunch of people raised their hand and said, yeah, I I wouldn't mind being a part of that conversation. So I picked two of the folks who were available at a certain time, which is the episode you're about to hear. I said, hey, are you guys available during this time? They both said, yeah, let's do it. So I brought on a couple of skeptics and they raised some tremendous questions today. I can kind of skip to the end too. This was fun for me, although it wasn't what I had intended from this episode. I didn't intend to have anybody make a certain decision today, but they both are leaning very heavily towards getting even more involved and further investing their time and energy into what we teach after the conversation we had today. And I told them not to hold anything back. I wanted to hear all of their skepticism, any of their concerns, any questions, the things they've heard. And while I definitely could have gone much deeper and addressed the different issues that they brought up today, I hit enough of a surface level response and added some depth to many of the responses so that you could certainly go do your own homework and research and see if what I'm saying is true. And there was a certain theme that came up quite a bit. Even after we stopped recording, I hung out a little bit with Thelma and Pam today and got to know them a little more. And they were both saying the thing that's kept them interested, the thing that's been most encouraging to them as they've been a part of our community has been the positive vibe that they've seen, the positive culture of our community. It's really pretty unusual. It's quite an anomaly to see a group of tens of thousands of people with virtually no negative naysayers who are popping up and just making things terrible for everybody. That's kind of what social media is these days. You get into these groups, these discussions, there's always somebody that's just there to clown around and make things miserable for everybody. Why is it that we don't have that? We just have a bunch of people who are succeeding, doing the business, encouraging each other. And as our guest Pam made the observation, I think it was after we stopped recording today, but she said, you just don't see people viewing each other as competitors, trying to undermine each other, which is so common in business. And that's true. I don't say it often enough on this podcast that we're not here as competitors. We have a very expansive, open-handed view of what it means to build a successful business online or even on Amazon. We're not here to compete with each other. We're here to support, comfort, console, encourage each other. And you see that showing up very organically in our Facebook group. And there's some secret sauce to why that is. But I think the primary thing is our leadership team, we genuinely care. And we teach the stuff that works and that gets results. That's a lot of positive momentum being pumped into that group constantly. So when you get skeptical new folks coming along, they get to see that. And that makes an impression. And our guest today spent some time talking about how positive that impression was. And uh, I got to explain to them after we stopped recording that the cake versus candlelight analogy that we use so often around here. If you haven't heard it, cake versus candlelight. I'm going to mention it real quickly and then we'll dive in and hear our skeptics today and just hear what questions they have and what they brought to the floor. 
uh, for this unique podcast episode. But the cake versus candlelight, why do we say that success for us in our community isn't like cake, success is like candlelight? And it's very simply stated, if success is like a cake, which is the worldview of many people, you don't have to look far to see people who have what I would call a poverty mentality, or there's only so many resources. So if you better get in there and get some of yours before someone else does, if you have a very limited view of what success is and that only a few people can get it, so those who have it need to give it to those who don't, and they owe them something, for example, it's a cake that's been cut up into pieces. So if you get a piece and he gets a piece and she gets a piece, by the time I get there, there's no cake for anybody. There's no success left for me because everyone took all the success. But we don't view success as a cake. We view it as candlelight. What that means is I've got a candle that's lit and you've got a candle that's lit. And along comes somebody with an unlit candle. What does it cost us to help them light their candle? It doesn't cost us anything. It actually makes it easier for more people to get their candle lit because there's a viral effect to success. The more people that succeed, the more possibility there is for additional success. That's how we view it. And we've got the evidence. We've got thousands of people in our Facebook group supporting each other with positive comments and encouragement. We've got hundreds of recent success posts and testimonials that are celebrated by the people in our Facebook group. Our coaching program is our own successful students coaching others on how to do what it is they're already doing. It's this self-forward propagating machine that just continues to produce success. One of the questions that was raised by one of our skeptics who you'll meet here in just a moment today was, well, what about saturation? So we addressed that. But I think this community, this culture of success is some of the best evidence that you could possibly consider in regards to, is this saturated? No, the success bubble keeps growing. The number of people that are coming under this roof continues to expand. And the number of customers who are continuing to shop online, e-commerce, it's exploding. Amazon needs more sellers to meet the demand of the customers that they have. And this opportunity leads to other opportunities as well outside of Amazon, which is perhaps a topic for other episodes. But this foundation of the model that we teach in this community continues to expand and grow and produce more opportunities for more people every day. And we're super excited about going into the year 2022 and what it's going to mean for so many people in our community as we continue to partner, grow together, and create and launch new opportunities. I hope you're as excited as we are. But let's jump over and meet a couple of skeptics today. Again, they agreed to jump on here. They have been at a very short period of time. They haven't started an Amazon business yet. They haven't sold online yet. They're just starting to investigate it. And they had some tough questions for me. And hopefully you find this interesting and informative. So let's go meet Pam and Thelma. Enjoy. So I've got the guests, Pam and Thelma today. Am I saying that right, Thelma? Right? Yes. I don't have my glasses on. Looked like an L. So correct me if I'm wrong, but just to set the stage a little bit, you guys are both in our Facebook group. You know, we've got about 67,000 members there or so. And I posted a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, I want some people who are brand new, ideally, skeptical. You've got some hard questions. You've never sold on Amazon. You've never invested a penny in any of our trainings. We've never met before. So confirm all that sound accurate so far, guys? Yes, pretty much. I mean, I have purchased pack 
I just haven't gone through it yet. But you haven't done much with it yet. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the clarification. And you, and you, Thelma, where are we at with you? And yes. Yeah, so with me too, I joined the group a couple of months ago and just passive. And then I saw the pack goes. I was like, well, during Thanksgiving, I had some time. So I was like, well, let me just see what this is about. And went through a few of those. And yeah. And I came you're both, across. You're both just getting started though. Yes. Very good. Very good. And ideally, I'm looking for some skepticism today because that's kind of the purpose of this episode is I want you to hit me with your hardest questions and kind of talk through what else you're considering doing maybe even and how legitimate you think things look to be so far. Just help me. I want to help you through the decision-making process of is this for me or not? I think it might be valuable for the listeners who hear this episode to kind of decide, is this something I want to pursue or not? So I thought it would be good rather than just people hearing straight from me, let's hear from a couple of people who are kind of new, maybe still a little skeptical, haven't done anything with the business yet, just to process it through. So why don't we take just a moment, Pam and Thelma, just to introduce yourselves to us, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into maybe a kind of, you guys get to grill me a little bit and I'll, I'll feed you some topics as well as we go. But Thelma, how about we start with you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm Thelma. I recently moved to San Antonio from Chicago. I'm, I work in the healthcare um, industry and, you know, just looking for something that would, you know, generate extra income and something outside of what I do on a daily basis, just to see what out what's out there. So I decided to look into Amazon. It's it's been a long time coming. I just I was just you know passive about it. Like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. So and then I ended up here. <laughs> Very good. Well, you you volunteered for one of my Facebook posts, and here you are. <laughs> Great. That's a very short introduction. I'm sure there's a lot more to you, but it helps us get a little idea of who it is we're talking today too. So appreciate that. And how about you, Pam? Uh, yeah, I'm from Iowa and I've uh, owned my own business uh, for over 20 years. And then during COVID, our business was forced to shut down. Oh, I'm sorry. We were we were in the trade show industry and mm. it was hit very hard and, and so we shut down. And so I started looking for other things. What do I want to do? And sort of through another group that was completely unrelated to selling on Amazon, was directed towards the Facebook group and and to podcasts. And so I got interested in that from from there and thought this sounds interesting. Uh, completely different. And so trying to figure out, is this the direction I want to go? And, and where do we go from here? Gotcha. And the three of us have never met or spoken before. This is this is new for all three of us. I've never done a podcast episode like this before. So this is new for me as well, guys. Very different territory for me as well. But again, to kind of recap that that podcast, the idea I had, I'm sorry, for the post, we put this on Facebook in front of the group. And we had about 30 people, I think, ended up raising their hand and saying, hey, I'll do it. But I reached out to you guys and you were the first two to kind of lock in this date and time. And so here we are talking to a couple of people who are brand new and you haven't really done much with Amazon yet, but you're considering it and you're looking at our community and the stuff we teach around here is kind of, you know, it, it's in the mix of consideration. 
So that I think we've kind of set the table who we are, why we're here. And let's roll forward now. So the idea that I had here was to maybe spend a couple minutes just getting inside of each of your stories as to what you would like this to be, what you're hoping it is, and then hit me with some hard questions about Amazon. Like if what are the questions in your mind that are kind of trying to talk you out of it right now? What are those lines of skepticism that you're you have to cross before you kind of go all in and, and believe this is legitimate? Help me process through. Either one of you feel ready to to kind of tackle and hit some of those topics? I'll jump in and just say, you know, just I guess from my past, since I have not sold on Amazon, it seems a little like, oh, is this just too good to be true? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. And so that's sort of where I'm sitting. It's like too good to be true based on what? Like, what are you hearing? What are you seeing that's got you? Just listening to, you know, reading through the the Facebook group and, and reading or watching some of the podcasts. It's like, really? People are going out and buying this stuff and reselling on Amazon for enough to make a profit. Why are people buying this stuff? You know, uh, and so, you know, And Pam, on that point, are are there any stories or specific, like show some, throw some numbers at me, any specific scenario, if you, if you have any in mind, or is it just the general accumulation of so many stories or what is it that kind of has you thinking this might be too good to be true? We could just paint a little more clarity there if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, just from my past, you know, everybody I know is always trying to find things cheaper. Uh, mm-hmm. My business in the past, I was always competing against that. You know, it became sort of where I was competing against the internet. Everybody's searching on the internet, find something cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. And so the idea of somebody being able to buy something at a retail cost uh, with the refunds program and then be able to resell it for a higher enough profit, make a living at this. Just seems a little too good to be true. Yeah, fair point. I completely agree, armed with the knowledge that what you've been exposed to so far, very rational, reasonable conclusion to come to. Like, who's going to pay $30 for something when they could go to Walmart and buy it for eight? Who's right? So I look forward to diving into that a little bit. And maybe let's let's jump over to Thelma for a moment. Like, what would you put on that list of things that have you wondering, is this legit? Is this for me? And, And, you know, Maybe it's life fact. Do I have the time for it? You know, what, what's on your list? I'm just curious, Thelma. I have a lot on my list. <laughs> hey, hey, let's sure, go through it. I'm sure it's something that you probably have heard uh, uh, a million times over. But for me, um, I have never been in the e-commerce industry. I have done much there. Um, just focused in healthcare and then now trying to dive into this. So, I kind of did a lot of research. I have paid a lot of money for a lot of courses that I have not even looked into. And sometimes I feel like a lot of people tout success, especially on the internet. And well, on one hand, many people, they would say, oh, this, this is the success of you know their, their trainees. This is how much you can make. You can make millions of dollars. I'm like, well, if you can make millions of dollars that easily, we'll all be millionaires. <laughs> um, I would quit my job in a second if I could make money that quickly. And they don't really give you the cons of um, what you're going into. On the 
other hand, there are other people who come and say, oh, you know, if you want to go online and do any business, don't even consider Amazon. Amazon is super saturated. You will be competing against Amazon. You will be competing against uh, bigger brands. So, you know, it's kind of a waste of your time. For me, time is a huge factor. So whatever I think I want to go into, and if I want to go into this, I have to, you know, it's not something I want to do haphazardly. I have my full-time job and, you know, I have to make sure it's worth my while. So I've kind of been crawling, trying to find the right information, more convincing information about going into Amazon and knowing that it is worth my time. I love it. That's a great list. I have a feeling you could keep going too. Oh yeah, I have <laughs> Because more. you've given this a lot of thought, obviously. <laughs> I, of course, I, I, have, I have a list of other questions. Well, ha- how about we go back to Pam and then we'll start going to yours. And I will start addressing some of these in a moment, hopefully in a way that is satisfactory, but we have no guarantee of how this thing concludes today. And perhaps I'm perfectly satisfied with it concluding with you guys saying, hey, I'm going to do some more research and maybe correspond a little bit. That's fine. I'm not trying to like end in creating two huge raving fans at the end, but I, I did want to hit some of those common questions that people have and just have a chance to address them. So Pam, let's bounce back to you. What else is on your list? The too good to be true. You kind of hit that. What else is bouncing around in your mind? Some of those questions or maybe even negative feels to what you've seen so far? Uh, I wouldn't say really negative. I I mean, I watch the the podcasts and and uh, you know listen to the, the Facebook group and it all sounds great. And I wow, that sounds great. But then the question in the back of my mind keeps going, well, oh, that seems too good to be true. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious how how do we make it work and what kind of uh, sort of going back to what Thelma was saying, like what kind of time frame are we talking? And can I make that work within my schedule? Uh, right now, I'm trying to get a couple different things going, trying to do multiple streams of income that, that I've heard you discuss many times and, and looking at different ways to, to do that. So I got you. Well, I want to dive a little bit too, as part of my answer for you uh, specifically, Pam, for you mentioned you were in the trade show industry. What, what type of products? Who are you selling? Before I start answering, and I'm looking forward to answering everything that's been raised so far, it's actually taken a good deal of discipline for me not to launch into answering them as they've been thrown out there. But I'm curious, I want to hear about your connections a little bit in the your former arena. So the, the company that I owned before, uh, we designed and built trade show exhibits. So for companies that are going to a trade show and they need an exhibit, that's what we were. We were gotcha. And I bet a lot of those companies sell products. Yes. Okay. Uh, products or services. Yes. Specifically on the products. Now, even on the services side, there's some potential there. But for today's conversation, if they have products and they're not on Amazon or they are on Amazon and they're not doing well, the skill set that you'll be learning as part of this community, if you stick with the journey, that's a goldmine of opportunity. Those established relationships, huge goldmine of an opportunity. And I'd love to talk more about that sometime. I just want to plant that seed in your mind of, you know, one of the models that we teach in our course is helping brands that are struggling on Amazon or struggling in e-commerce in general, get established online, get their feet under them on Amazon, 
and you get a percent. It's a beautiful model many people use. Rather than launching their own Amazon account even, they'll just use that model and help others get on the platform. And it's a zero-risk proposition for both parties. You just help them get set up and their stuff starts selling or it doesn't. If it doesn't sell, worst case is they've got a few listings now that they didn't have before. If it does start selling, you're getting a percent. They're getting sales they wouldn't have had otherwise. Something worth considering. But I want to dive into some of the issues you guys have brought up so far. And then maybe that'll open us up into some other areas as well. Or you can ask me to go deeper with any of my responses because I think I I could probably formulate a 20-minute response to each issue you guys have raised, but I'm going to be disciplined and keep it as short as possible and encourage people and you as well to do your own research on these. But so Pam, the, the saturation... Well, I'm sorry, that was, that was actually a Thelma thing, that yours was the too good to be true aspect. I completely agree with you that if something, that whole too good to be true thing is a phenomenal rule of thumb, you never act until you've been able to dispel with facts, data, and evidence, this isn't a too good to be true because the internet is literally... I, I'm fully aware I play in an arena where there are just so many crooks and scams and, and people that are just in it for the wrong reasons, setting up sales pages with yachts and stuff, stacks of cash. And uh, so what, what evidence would I hold up in opposition to that argument for our community and specifically the way things we do? One of them is I've been doing this 20 years, which means something. I would think very few people have been doing it even half that much time as far as teaching people how to use the internet creatively for whatever business. We do the business, we teach the business, our coaches are all people who run these businesses. And perhaps my strongest argument has nothing to do with anything I'll ever say. It has to do with this podcast itself. You can listen to dozens of real people that you can very easily reach out to and have conversations with and get a very realistic picture of there's opportunity here. These are real people doing it. Does it work for absolutely everybody? No, you got to do the work. It's actually a lot of work, but it's a very predictable, proven system. And a couple of facts that back that up, You know, Amazon itself is almost a too good to be true. If we jumped back in time 15 years and someone said, hey, guess what? There's a company that you've never heard of. Maybe you've heard a little bit about it, but they're going to own half of all transactions on the internet within a few years. They're going to put away eBay and Walmart and all the other... They're all just going to go second place. And they're going to own half of all the transactions on the internet within just a very few short years. None of us would have believed it. Too good to be true, too big to be true, too crazy. But that's exactly what Amazon is. So now let me transition into one of the other points that you raised. Uh, it was yours, Pam, when you talked about, I think, maybe, maybe it was actually Thelma's, the saturation thing. When you talk about saturation, that was you, Thelma. If you consider a company that's getting half of all the transactions online in the US any given day, and all the other millions of websites are sharing the other half, I think the place you'll want to start is with the gorilla in the room. Like, let's go, does it, there's their opportunity here. And it continues to grow. The number of people who are signing up and using Amazon as customers, as buyers, continues to grow. The number of people, who are willing to pay a premium, and this was the point you made, Pam, who's paying $30 for an item that they could get in their car and drive and buy for 10, right? A lot of people are. Why are they doing it? Interesting question. To be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> but millions of them are. And you don't have to look very far to see the evidence of that. I would encourage you both or anyone listening to this, you can get on amazon.com right now, type in some of the brand names you're familiar with, right now, 
and start scrolling down the page, you're going to see a three-pack of a peanut butter brand that you rec- recognize. And you're thinking, that can't be more than 2 or $3 a jar. So you're thinking 9 10 bucks maybe for the three, right? You're thinking in your head, doing the math. If I went to the store and you're seeing it selling for $27, you're thinking, who in their right mind... But that's not the important question. Who in their right? The important question is, are people actually paying that? Are people actually doing it? And the answer is, yes, they absolutely are. So that dispels a couple of the... And again, I could go much deeper on any of these topics with more facts, data, evidence, history, stories. But it's not saturated. It's far from saturated. As evidenced by the, I would say, 50 success story interviews we've done on this podcast and in our Facebook group, hundreds of recent tagged success stories of people who are taking the strategies we teach and showing screenshots of their results. So I'm very proud of that. It's very organic. It means I don't have to stand up here and say, hey, trust me, this is awesome. I can just send people to our free Facebook group, say, scroll through it. There's actually a topic. I don't know if you guys have done this, but you click on the topic button at the top of the page and there's two topics. Success stories and coaching success stories. People who took the course, people who took our coaching. And you can just scroll through page after page after page of hundreds of recent examples. And you can reach out to those people and say, is this really legitimate? Is, are you really doing this? So that dispels some of, the, some of the things that have been brought up so far. Now, when it comes to saturation, that is a... You can, I could dig a little deeper into that topic, but... I think maybe the strongest thing I could say is just look at all the new students who have been at this just a few months who are hopping in, doing what we teach, and they're experiencing success. But here's something that's possibly more compelling evidence. And I would say, yeah, there's, there is some saturation on the Amazon. There's a lot of it, actually. If you try to get in and sell supplements, for example, talking about health topics, Selma, you know, that's a bloodbath. It's hard. You're going to have a very hard time. There are a lot of companies putting a lot of money into trying to sell supplements, for example. Electronics, highly saturated. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go buy the latest, hottest gadgets, the things everybody's heard of. There's saturation in a lot of the most popular product areas and arenas, categories. But the long tail of Amazon, there is so much untapped opportunity there that... I have to get your attention off those areas where saturation is happening, get your attention over to the areas where there's huge opportunity. And that's what we do with our course. We also steer people away from the higher risk categories and approaches, such as launching your own private label product. That is just a terrible place to start because your odds of success are so slim. But with the replens model, like we just talked about, where it's everyday common retail items that you can go and buy and find online or in retail stores, maybe even some of the specialty stores near you, you can start to uncover some very big opportunity very quickly to the point where once you're trained, we have many people in our group who would say, yeah, I could go to any store. They've got shelves and barcodes and I can find profitable products just one after the other after the other. We've got, as evidence, many, many people doing that. So that addresses a couple of the points that you guys brought up. Either one of you have something to add there. I've been talking for a few minutes here and I'll dive into some of the other topics that especially Thelma brought up after that. But what comes to mind as I'm saying that? Any pushback or any any further clarification on any either one of those topics we've hit so far? Yeah. So while you were talking about the saturation, I'm I'm just imagining that, okay, so let's say you have 60 
thousand followers on Facebook, on your Facebook group, and you mm-hmm. divert, okay, let's just say 50% of these people away from the super saturated categories, then you have, let's say, 30,000 people in other categories as well, and they are competing for, you know, to sell these products. So let me look at myself. I'm just imagining myself as a user on Amazon. When I'm trying to buy something, most of the time I don't scroll past maybe the first two pages. I just scroll for the same item I see, like uh, maybe a hundred or less of one single item. And maybe I'll go for the one maybe that's cheaper or maybe has better reviews. Um, As a new user, I don't know how the algorithm works, but what if my product is like way down the list and maybe some impatient people like myself would never get to that? Yes. Great question. (laughs) No, I I love the question. And, you know, just to restate and see if I've, if I've captured it, you're kind of thinking through this as from the prospect of you're a shopper, you shop on Amazon, you're familiar. Very rarely do you scroll to page two or page three to buy anything. You're looking for the best price, which is usually on page one or two. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. how is anybody finding opportunity beyond the first few listings? Let's say, let's use our peanut butter example. Like there it is. It's the same price I would pay if I went to the store. It's right there as a single unit, snag it, drop in the cart. Why would anyone be crazy enough to scroll to page four and buy a four pack that's marked up, you know, like who's doing this. And that's not the only example, by the way, of where the replens model works. A lot of times it's hard to find items. So we're sticking to something that you could easily go find. A lot of the replen business that we teach comes from stuff that isn't so easy to find. Or, you know, you tried a brand when you were on vacation and you loved it and you can't find it in a store near you now. So you go online and look for it. You're willing to pay more. Those are the kind of opportunities that are truly abundant but there's also opportunity in the everyday name brands. Some people just aren't careful with the way they shop. They're using, they want the convenience. Their only filter is convenient and they just see it's part of the Amazon Prime. So they grab it. They don't want to buy just one. They don't want to, they figure if, if I buy a single unit and I buy four of them, I don't want to have to add four to the basket. There's a four count right there. And they don't do the math. They don't care to do the math. They want the convenience. They're grateful for someone to deliver it to their porch. The fact that somebody made six or seven bucks making all that happen, they don't care. They just want it. Millions of people shop that way. And if saturation were happening, you would not see the steady stream of people who are making this their full-time career. And it's wide open. We got, I'll just tell you, my in my business right now, I am 3,500 units behind on the replens that we have on our own list. We have well over a thousand replens that we buy from local stores all around us. I'm about 3,500 units behind right now. And that number's creeping up every day because we just can't get to the store and shop and have people go grab them fast enough. We just can't. And there's a whole community of people who are like that. So to the degree that you have time to actually go out and buy, and send these products into Amazon or sell them yourself, the opportunity continues to expand. And here's the driving factor that we have to keep in mind. Okay. Just... Think about this from Amazon's vantage point for a moment, Thelma. They've got tens of millions of people shopping on their website every day. They have some of their own sourcing staff, some, 
you know, it's a considerable number of people that are filling their shelves with the stuff that everybody wants, the common household brands, the stuff that if you went to a store, they better have this, you know, or like, what kind of store is this? The stuff that everybody typically goes in and grabs from the store, but they can't possibly keep, they call themselves the everything store. They can't possibly keep their store shelves stocked. In some cases, they're buying way too much of some products. They're buying way too little of other products and they need the third-party sellers. That's us. We represent about half the business on their platform. With tens of millions of users, they can't keep their store shelves stocked. It's that simple. So if you learn to find those gaps where Amazon can't keep up, the stuff is on the shelf down the store near you or online easily from a different website. You help Amazon out, they'll pay you to help them out is another way to look at it. There's just millions and millions of products and millions of categories. And we teach you, part of our training is, how to recognize, instead of guessing, you recognize where are those gaps where Amazon just can't keep up. And the third-party sellers are the ones carrying the load. You find those gaps, you find the opportunity, you test it out, and you'll see very quickly, saturation or the inability to find products becomes a non-issue so fast once you start stepping into this and, and understanding the training the true challenge becomes things like building a system, having enough shoppers who are willing to go to the store and buy, the, pull the stuff off the shelf or sit online and order the items. Those are the challenges you start to run into. You know, it's, it's hard to sit here and pound that saturation argument away completely, but I would say with a very minimal effort and low risk kind of wading into this waters, you'll see for yourself that's the case. You'll get some early wins and you'll see it for yourself pretty fast that that's the case. So hopefully I've... I've kind of addressed that one. Uh, you know, let me, one other thing I want to talk about too, as you mentioned, you know, some of the other opportunities that are out there. They, you know, the the kind of the almost the con man feel to this entire industry of just the you know the boats and the stacks of cash and those kinds of things that people use and promote. One of the things I'm proud of around here, and you guys have both mentioned the proven Amazon course, but we give you everything you could ever need from a vantage point of a course for twenty nine dollars. You pay it monthly if you want to stick around. But we've got over a decade of experience in this and we've put all kinds of modules and trainings into this. We have the luxury that we don't rely on selling that course to keep our business afloat. So we just marked it way down to kind of destroy the skeptics <laughs> that say, oh, it's too pricey. I can't afford it. Oh, try it out for a month. You don't want it. We'll give you your $30 back. right? So that takes a lot of the risk out of exploring this model. So that kind of sets aside the whole argument of, you know, because if we were just going around ripping people off $30 at a time, and that was our business model, you'd think you'd be pretty easy to find thousands of people complaining about us not refunding them, right? Uh, so I guess that I would push back to saying, try it. What have you got to lose? Try it. It takes about four to seven hours of focused attention, regardless of where you live in the world, to kind of grasp the concept of Amazon replens. And get that confident, like, okay, I could go start trying this out. And with that, so four to seven hours of focused effort, 29 bucks. That's not a bad proposal to check out a business opportunity. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anything that compares from my vantage point. Uh, as far as the low risk, low barrier to entry, and the number of success stories being created from the model, which is why we focus on it so exclusively. But okay, so I've talked a lot again. I want to pass it back to e either you, Pam, or Thelma. You know, push back any additional questions. Did I not answer something that you were wanting me to? Um, let's 
Let's dig a little deeper. Keep it going. Keep me honest here. No, I think you've answered the question regarding um, saturation. So, well, I guess I would try it. Well, there's, I would rather try it and see if it works or it doesn't work than, you know, not trying it. Yeah. And, and I really think if you give it, you know, just think about business in, in general. And I don't know how much you've ever, have you ever launched a business, Thelma, or had the, I know you, you've had to go to school and focused effort and energy put into your, your medical career, but launching a business has a slightly different feel. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that as far as like the risk of stepping into business? Have you ever done that before? Stepped into a business, launched your own business? No, no. You haven't? Not really. Yeah. And Othelma has. So, or sorry, Pam has. I keep confusing your names. I apologize. Pam has done that. I mean, she owned her own business, you know, the trade show thing. So I think it'll resonate with her. Let me just ask you this, Pam. When you launched your trade show business, I don't know what your answer to this question is, but how many other things did you try and how long did it take for that to kind of work? Because you were the owner, right? Yes, I was the owner. How many Uh, other things did you try and how long did it take before you finally said, I think we've got something here? Well, I actually, for the trade show business, I actually purchased that as an existing business. Right. So you purchased Uh, an established business, which is a good way Right. But I, before that, uh, I also own a graphic design and photography business. And that, I had been in that line of work and worked for another company and then launched uh, myself and, and uh, my business partner launched that business. Yeah, that was a little bit more, you're, you're starting from scratch. And, but we had, we had an existing client that we picked up from the business we had been with before. And they were, they were a big business. They were a big client. So yeah, we gave you initial momentum. What's that? They gave you some initial momentum. Yes. To get you rocking. So, okay. But you, have you ever really, have you ever had a business that just, uh, you know, obviously COVID took down your, your most recent business, but have you had any other businesses that just kind of folded on you? Uh, I'm going somewhere with this line of questioning, by the way. No, I worked for other people until I started my own business. And then we started the graphic design and photography business. As I said, we had we had a, a client, a big client uh, in our pocket when we started that. And even though it was a slow beginning and it took us, uh, you know, a year to get going, that's right. a pretty good turnaround on, on a startup business. Okay. Uh, and then we had that until we bought the exhibit business and we incorporated that business into the one that we already had. So it kind of blended it too. Yeah. You were doing some of the graphics work for your new business. I'm with you. Right. Which is great. So, and I, uh, I highly recommend so using that momentum from your relationships and past experience. That's always a huge advantage. Yeah. So we weren't starting completely from scratch. Yeah. Very good. Uh, on anything. So. Well, well, kind of what I'm getting at, and I have a small sample size here today. It's just you, Pam, you know, of business owners, but if we pulled a hundred random people who had owned businesses in the past, and one of the points I'd like to make for Thelma and for anyone else who's listening who's never really run a business before, one of the things I'd like to point out is starting and launching a business, just as a general rule of thumb, is not an easy thing. It just isn't. And anybody who's painting it as such is either trying to sell you something or they haven't been doing it very long or something. It, it's work. And your odds of failure are very, very high. And part of the beauty of the internet and this e-commerce era we're in now is you can actually take a shot at it 
for just a little bit of money and just a little bit of time. And, and I've seen it as one of the core missions that I have with our team. I've been doing this again 20 years. Multiple streams of income, using the internet creatively and helping others do the same thing. That's kind of been my, my theme, right? I wanted to get the risks so low and the costs so low that many, many, many people could step in and try. And they look back over their shoulder. The worst case scenario is they lost a tiny bit of money. Nothing like going $200,000 into debt to get a degree that you may or may not be able to actually use or pay off at some point. Like We're not talking that level risk. We're talking 29 bucks and a proven model. right? So I see that as, as my job is to get that bar so low. But even there, you, just, you have every right to be skeptical and to proceed with caution because you're talking about your time, investing your energy. Is this a dead end? Is this going to take me somewhere positive that I'm better off at the end? Is it going to work? So you still need to be skeptical, but I've taken so many of the risks or my team and I with this course and the strategies that we teach. We've bumped our heads, we've stubbed our toes, we've polished off the rough edges as far as it can go. And then it relies on your work and your creativity. Uh, but there's no such thing as a guaranteed business model. There just isn't. There just never will be because it involves risks. It involves things that are outside of your control and trying to wrangle them. And it's, it's a struggle that only business owners truly understand, I think. Not that we need people to feel sorry for business owners, but it is a rough road. You know, It, it really is. It's an emotional, difficult journey. And uh, you need to have significant uh, amount of not just capital, but energy and commitment and dedication to the process. So as polished as this opportunity is, I don't want to paint it any other way than something it's going to take work. But we have a very unique opportunity in front of us because of the time we live in. 30 years ago, there were literally no opportunities like this. Pre-internet, having your own business always meant years, if if not months, at a minimum, probably more realistically, years of effort, work, sweat, risk, capital, just you could just lose it all. And you really work, really work hard for a very long time building a team and trying to get your product approved and whatever business was, buying a building and you know, pre-internet, it was brutal. So now the hard work we have is sorting through what's legitimate and what isn't and spending a little bit of time risking small wading in nice and slow. You couldn't wade in nice and slow to a successful business 30 years ago. It was all your chips on the table and just praying a year from now that this wasn't the worst decision of your life. And you won't know till then. And now it's like, hey, a few weeks from now, I can know if I'm onto something or not. Give it a few hours, a little bit of money. and right, let's, let's go down this road. Let's see. So I've seen it as my mission to say, hey, now that we're in this kind of new era of business opportunity, let's create low risk, low capital commitment opportunities, teach those, surround it with success stories in a community and a culture of supportive people. That's the mission I've been on. So to contrast where we are now, and that's what I've been trying to do with this whole long answer, Thelma, is the difference between, let's say, put you in your exact scenario 30 years ago. We wouldn't be, there'd be nothing like this even available to you. Now you got to kind of wade through, where's the legitimate opportunities? Where's the scams? That's the hard part of it. Once you feel like you've got something legitimate that's proven, which is why I love that word around here, latch onto it. It's still going to be work, but the risks are so minimized. We're not going to tell you to go out and spend $50,000 on inventory or even $1,000. Go spend a few hundred. Go spend 50. You know, Learn the process. Wade into this thing with your spare time. It can be done in the middle of the night. It can be done a few hours a week. right? So it, 
I just wanted to contrast a little bit for how the world has changed and how we have this opportunity, this moment in time to take advantage of things that just didn't exist. Not all that long ago. You know, we were all alive when the world was a very, very different place. And we now get to see this unfolding of these opportunities. So, you know, hopefully that helps you a little bit, Thelma, just the perspective of businesses since you've never owned one, you know, the contrast a few decades ago, not that long ago to now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, quick break while I tell you about a fantastic sponsor. It's someone who's been a member of this community for a long time, Jonathan Swart and his family since 2016. They built a company called ilovesupplies.com. They have great poly bags. These bags have strips on them when you peel it that don't cling to your hand or to the product. You don't have to flick your wrists. Printed right on the bags are the size of the bag in case they get mixed together. It's a beautiful feature. It also says ready to ship right on the bag. So you don't have to worry about putting stickers as much as you do currently. It really speeds up the time you spend prepping your product, which makes a big difference. Contact them at ilovesupplies.com. That's ilovesupplies.com. When you email them, use the email address, I got my bags at ilovesupplies.com. Again, the email address, I got my bags at ilovesupplies.com. Check the show notes. All the information is there as well. The world was a very, very different place. And we now get to see this unfolding of these opportunities. So, you know, hopefully that helps you a little bit, Thelma, just the perspective of businesses since you've never owned one, you know, the contrast a few decades ago, not that long ago to now. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I think your course is the first course that I heard about the um, replants model. How did I even get into Amazon? I was looking for a passive Inc, um, stream of income. And my best friend brought up the idea of Amazon. And because of work and how uh, my time constraint, I was like, you know what, do whatever you have to do. I'll just invest, invest in the business. So you right. handle everything. Um, I just didn't want to know about it. I just wanted, you know, a return on my investment. So she started the process. And right after she started, Amazon shut her account down because mm. she was doing like a drop shipping model. Right. And I felt really terrible for her. Even, you know, she was doing all the work, but I, I wanted to profit from the business. So that was how I, I found um, your Facebook group. And, you know, I found other resources as well, pay for other course, um, courses as well. And so when I opened my account, I was... Or I've been a little, you know, afraid because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I would rather hire someone who knows what they're doing to handle everything for me. Which, you know, thinking thinking about it more thoroughly, you know, I think that's also risky because if they do anything wrong, I don't know what they did wrong. And that could also cost me. Um, what I actually did, I went to look for VAs, you know, who have been working on Amazon. And a lot of what I, the information that I got was about, you know, wholesale and private labeling, but those cost a lot. So actually I'm thankful that I found, you know, your group and your post because 
I was actually ready to start out with someone on Fiverr with wholesale because my best friend's business had failed just what when she started mm. through the drug shipping. So when I heard about the replants, I was a little skeptical because I'm like, well, it's not too different from drop shipping because it's I'm not sure exactly why Amazon locked her account, but I think it's like because what she did was, you know, she got products from, you know, regular stores but then she sold them through the drop shipping. So it's it's yeah. the same thing, right? Get, getting products from bigger brands and selling those. And I mean, obviously what? you've been doing it, so you're doing something right and it's working. But I'm wondering like why she did that and you know, got dinged by Amazon. Yeah, let me talk through that. Because actually I, I can see where the two look very similar to you, but they couldn't be more different from Amazon's vantage point. Let's just be an Amazon customer for a moment. If we order something from Amazon, what do we want to happen next? We want to get it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear, oh, wait, we didn't actually have that. Sorry. That's why Amazon doesn't like drop shipping. Drop shipping is an arrangement where you list a whole bunch of products on Amazon that you don't actually have, but you know you can get them if, it, if a sale happens to occur. So you can just say, yeah, we sell everything. Everything that at Walmart sells, I sell. And if one of those items happens to actually sell on Amazon, well, I'll run over to Walmart real quick and grab it off the shelf and send it over, make my profit. So you'll see a, you'll see a lot of companies, not us. We do not teach the drop shipping model for the reasons I'm going into right now. Unless you are highly advanced and have an extremely close connection to the person who controls the inventory levels, you do not want to come anywhere near drop shipping. We've never taught it. We never will. It's too dangerous. Amazon does not like people toying with that model. They'll say they allow it, but only in extreme situations, not for new sellers ever. Because what ends up happening is I list one of, let's say I've got, uh, let's say a lawn and patio set on Amazon. I'm selling on Amazon. And I know they've got a bunch of them at Walmart. I was just there today. They've got 10 of them. So I'm going to go sell them on, at a nice markup and list them on Amazon without ever even buying the thing. Right, I just know that it's sitting over there if I need it, if one sells. So I set it up. Here one sells for twice the price of what they're selling for at Walmart a couple of weeks later. So I, I get excited. Wow, I've been, I just made a sale. I've got the money in my account. Customers paid. I got three days to ship this thing. Off to Walmart I go to buy it so I can flip it over to, to the customer. Well, they're sold out. And so are all the other stores around me sold out. So I cancel that order. Amazon now has an upset customer And who are they also mad at? They're mad at me because I'm selling stuff that I don't have possession of. You can't get away with that very many times before Amazon shuts your account off. Okay, so that's the dropship scenario. Don't do it. Stay away from it. Anyone teaching it or teaching you they can build you an automated dropship business, run far away. I would challenge you. Here's an easy, before I dive into the difference between what we teach and dropship, here's an easy line that you can just, I would say a, a filter that you can run opportunities through. Ask yourself, is there a group of people gathered, a free group ideally, of people gathered who are doing this model, openly sharing their success, answering each other's questions, encouraging each other, constant stream of success stories? Does that group exist? If not, proceed with extreme caution. We've got that. We've got it in spades. We've got it to a bigger degree than anybody in the industry, to my knowledge free Facebook group coming up on 70,000 members, constant stream of people successfully doing what we teach. Because if you don't have that, what are they trying to hide? 
where are all their successful students who are doing this hiding out? Where are the people who've been doing it a year, two years, five years, eight years, people who've been doing it a long time? That's a big indicator too, because I could teach anybody how to make a lot of money fast with dropshipping and then lose their account. That's an easy thing to teach. Teach you how to make $30,000 in the next six months, but you're never going to be allowed to sell on Amazon again. There's a lot of people selling that model. And you could get shut down a whole lot faster, which it sounds like that's what happened to your friend, uh, Thelma, is she listed a bunch of products she doesn't have. And I'm sure what happened is some of those products, once they sold, she couldn't go get her hands on them because they weren't available anymore. So she had to cancel those orders. With the model we teach, replens, that never happens. It can't happen because I'm actually buying the products in anticipation of a future sale. So I'm putting $10 into my product, listing it and buying it. I now have it in my possession, either in my garage, in my house, or the revolutionary thing that Amazon did is I can send it to Amazon's warehouse and they'll hold it for me until it sells. And once it sells to the customer, then it ships from either me or from Amazon and I get paid back for the inventory I invested in. That's what we talk about, testing small, testing a few at a time. People who do drop shipping, I actually had a guy on this podcast it's been about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, who went in deep into the dropshipping model, as deep as I've ever seen anyone do. Had tens of thousands of products listed for sale on Amazon, didn't own any of them, was constantly selling products that he didn't have anymore. The margins were so super slim. It was a headache. He had a huge team of people monitoring all of his listings and trying to adjust the inventory based on what his suppliers did and didn't have available. Total headache of a it was a multi-million dollar business running at super slim profit margins. It was a total headache. His account had been suspended many times. He was worried he's going to lose it. He flipped over to the replens model, what we teach now. Far more serene, more stable, tiny staff required, far more predictable, profitable, and totally within Amazon's rules. So we've been doing this a long time. I, th- I think a lot of the work that I have to do is just convincing people, hey, we're different. Here's why. We take a more serious approach to having a long-term business, actually building an asset, being a part of a community and a culture that you'll want to be a part of a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And we do it by staying away from some of these kind of gray area. Yeah, it's kind of allowed, but not really. We're not going to get into that. Same with private label selling. We could make a ton of money teaching people who are brand new, like you, Thelma. It's like, I got a little money to spend. It's like, all right, give us 10 grand. We'll help you launch a private label product. There's no shortage of people out there that'll do that. The thing they won't tell you is, at best, a fraction of just a few people, maybe less than 5% of their students are actually launching successful products if you go back and look at their track record a year later, let's say. Whereas with us, if someone does the work very consistently, we're seeing people putting money in the bank before they've spent any significant funds. Buy our course, invest in some test inventory, spend a few hours with our course, you're in about $100 to $200 at that point and you're getting results. Now you can start to scale up into the more interesting models such as private label, for example, launching your own product. But you don't do that until you've put some money in the bank. Not with, not with the way we teach and do things around here. So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps. And you can see I'm passionate about this stuff and I have, to, I have to kind of hold myself back because I could go for an hour on any of these. Uh, But you guys are being great, by the way. I'm really enjoying this and I hope people find benefit in it. And I want you to continue to be skeptical. You don't have to start to pretend like I've won you over now. I want you to continue to, even if you're liking what you're hearing, please continue to hit me with the hard questions you guys have. And I'll open it up, either one of you. 
Or did I miss anything so far too? I don't think so. Not on my end. I think part of my skepticism maybe is, is not really the plan. It's like I watch in the, in the Facebook group, people talking about accounts getting suspended or things happening with, why are my products not being listed? Why are my products not available? All of these issues that people have. And of course, that's what people are asking questions about because why would they ask a question if everything was going great, right? So, but it does uh, you know, sort of build up on you a little bit. You start going, oh my God, is this just going to be like one headache after another? Like every day is all I'm doing is chasing problems. So that's probably where some of my skepticism comes from. Yeah, that's a great question. Do you have anything else you want to add in, Thelma, along those lines or a, a different direction before I tackle that one? A different question. It's about pricing. I guess it still brings me back to maybe the area of saturation um, because you know if you want to stay competitive, you also have to have a competitive pricing. Then your return on investment is going to be really slim. Is it really worth the time going out, sourcing for items and all of that, only to come back and you end up selling it at a really low price? I mean, I'm just looking at you know the amount of effort you have to put into it and then come back and you you know you don't really make much from from it. I know I actually remember a post that someone posted on the Facebook group not too long ago, I think the person was like, yeah, I see all these, um, you know, testimonials and people taking a snapshot of their uh, Amazon account to show, you know, their sales so far, but I'm not seeing the bank account, <laughs> um, a snapshot of their bank account. And I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> well, I saw um, that post also. Yeah, like how much, you know, do you have, to yourself after all of the fees, you know, mm-hmm. every, you know, pay, you know, the cost that you spend purchasing the items and, you know, is it really worth me? Because to be honest, right from the beginning, this is what I was considering because I was like, well, I don't want something that will take too much of my time. If it's going to take a lot of my time, it has to be worth it. So I'm just thinking like, do I spend all, all of my free time doing all of this and then ending up with just a little profit. Yep. And the best way for me to answer that is just encourage you to go through the course and see for yourself. And I'm not talking about a $10,000 six-month experiment here or $50,000 two-year experiment. I'm talking about under a couple hundred dollars, you can prove this out and test it out if you spend you know, six to eight hours in the content. Because what you're going to see, we don't teach you to go find products. Well, everyone's stuck like, what am I going to sell? Product. I'm like, man, I know that product can be bought less expensively somewhere else. And surely that product is saturated. You see it everywhere. It's not products. It's ASINs. And ASIN is a unique listing on Amazon. So take your favorite brand of peanut butter. There's an ASIN for that product as a single pack. There's another ASIN for that product as a three pack. There's another ASIN for that product mixed with a popular brand of jelly. And there's another ASIN, you can use your imagination. So that product shows up on, let's say, 150 ASINs on Amazon. And on any given ASIN, you can have as many sellers as you want. 
on the single pack, there could be 20 different sellers. None of them are making any money. If they are, I have no idea how they're doing it because they're selling it for $2. Cost more than that to do anything with that, you know, to go to the store and buy that item. Are you kidding me? But we learn, we teach you how to recognize the profitable ASINs quickly. And you can get a nice list of profitable ASINs very, very quickly with the strategies we teach. As evidenced by, again, if this was just the three of us and I had an idea on a way that we might start a business someday, we'd have a reason to be very skeptical about the things I'm saying. But as evidenced by the thousand plus success story posts in our group, you don't have thousands of people saying, yeah, this is how we pay our bills. This is the house we paid off. This is, you know, my husband quit his job and my wife quit her part-time job. And this is what we do now for the last year and a half. If it wasn't a profitable model, when done right, there's plenty of profit there. The general numbers break down to you want to be, if it's a, if it's a lower priced product, like under $30 or so, if you're buying it for 10, you want to sell it for as close to 30 as you can. You're looking for ASINs where that's happening. As the prices climb, if you're buying it for 50 bucks or more, typically, you're going to be looking for, you can sell it for less than three times. So like $100, $120. You, now you've probably got a profitable product, again, depending on weight and some of those other factors that come into it. But these products are just simply everywhere. You know, one of the, one of the products that we sell a lot of, it's $100 to $200, depending on which hardware store you go to get it. It's something that every house, pretty much every house has one or a couple of for the most part. It's something that needs to be replaced every once in a while. And people don't want to drive all over town. They'll get on Amazon and easily pay twice what they would if they shopped around all over town or got on the internet and scoured around looking for it. But they pay a lot more than that all the time, frequently. They just do for the convenience of it. They're taking advantage of their Amazon Prime account. They only shop on Amazon when they shop because they know it's going to be reliable, reliably delivered. Amazon doesn't sell these products. Very few other sellers sell these products. So there we are in the mix with maybe 15 or other 20, 20 other sellers around the world that sell this type of thing that we do as well. And we all do pretty well from what I can tell. We're all sitting on the same ASINs, making a similar profit. Sometimes someone will lower the price. I'll stay where I am until the price comes back up because that guy sold out. And that's the game. The opportunity is everywhere. But it really, we, we turn you into an ASIN hunting expert not a product hunting expert, an ASIN hunting expert, which is each unique listing on Amazon is a unique ASIN. Unlike eBay, where every listing is its own unique animal. It's like, a, it's like each listing is a web page for one person with one product. And it's a completely self-contained opportunity. Are you going to buy this product from this person today? Yes or no? If not, scroll to the next one. Same product, different person. Do you want this one? Yes or no? It's, a, it's, a, it's tedious as a shopper to go through. Amazon lumps them all together. And I would say 95, probably even 98% of the ASINs on Amazon are a complete waste of time as a replen seller. And I've never stated it that way before. Probably about right. But we teach you how to find those 2% that not only are they not a waste of time, they're a gold mine. As much of this product as you can find, as fast as you can find it, it's going to sell at a nice predictable clip every month. In some cases, it's one or two sales a month. In other cases, it's multiple sales. But building a system then becomes the challenge, not finding the product. All new sellers start off with the find products mentality. Very quickly, you transition into, I'm going to have to build a system. I need to hire a shopper. I need to hire a prepper. 
I know how to find these things now. I have a large list of products we need. I need someone to sit down on the computer shop and find them. And there's no way for me to convince you of that other than the evidence I've supplied and your own research and time and study. And it is very, very worth your time. The profit margins, we don't have any testimonials to my knowledge. And if we do have a testimonial that doesn't include net profit, we ask and say, hey, what was your net profit, by the way? Great screenshot. Congratulations on your $100,000 a month. What was your net profit? You'll see it in the comments somewhere. It always comes up and we share. And typically in this business, it's 20 to 30% net profit after all expenses. So that guy selling 100,000, he's putting $20,000 in the bank approximately as a worst case scenario, assuming he's following the model that we've taught. Mm. Hopefully that helps you. And again, we're just talking. You got to see it for yourself. Right. Mm. The point you made about ASINs versus products, I think is a great point. And something that ha- that I've missed. Is that so, helpful? It's very helpful. But something that I had missed in listening to podcasts and, and so forth in the past. And it was one of those things in the back of my head. I'm going, how do you find these products? And I'm just thinking, product. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's the can of green beans. I talk about a can of green beans. I'm like, but who is paying $15 for a can of green beans? You know, so. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, and I don't want to make it sound either like we're just taking advantage of people by sneaking high prices past them. There's all kinds of creative ways to provide value at a very reasonable margin of markup as a replen seller. One of the things that you start to get into is creating bundles, for example, like you know, everything you need for grandma's green bean casserole that you loved as a child, including the the recipe card. Right. So you bundle these pieces together. You've got about $15 or $20 invested in this bundle. You put your recipe card in there. You mark it up so that you're making seven or eight bucks a sale. People are thrilled to get it all in one contained. They don't have to go buy two cans of this and find the right gravy or whatever the other ingredients are and drag them all in the card. Did I forget anything? They're very happy to pay you a nice markup for these creative bundles. You'll see a lot of bundles and you can. Make those exclusively yours through some creative strategies that we teach that we won't dive into here. But those very quickly can become a replin. Very common, easily sourced, everyday household items that any of us could go buy off store shelves or online, bundled into unique configuration. Or maybe you see other bundles. You can sell on someone else's bundle ASIN if you can go get all the same products. But that's where we teach you some ways to make it create creatively, uniquely yours where no one else can sell on it. You get a bit of a price advantage there. And again, plenty of people have launched from there into their own private label products, products, brands that they own. But we very much see that as like a step three or step four in your progression. But I'm glad the ASIN example helped you. Yeah. Look at it as a look at it as an ASIN hunting, not as product hunting. That and it may not make sense when I say it, but as you dig into our training, it starts to make a lot of sense because you're looking at We're going to show you some graphs and some historical data, how to dig into the data and recognize a great ASIN. Product is relevant. Is is the ASIN good? Does it have stable pricing? Is it moving at a fast enough clip every month to to justify your time of spending time with it? And uh, you can start to find them really, really quickly once you know what you're doing. Yeah. What else, Thelma? What else is on your mind? Mm. (laughs) Well, restricted categories. So... I understand as a new seller, you are restricted or gated from 
certain categories. So I'm wondering if maybe those categories that I may be able to sell in, like, would I be able to get products or ASINs that will be profitable? Because, I mean, people who are far along have ungated certain categories. So obviously they'll have more, they have more ideas or products that they could sell, but then uh, a new seller is still restricted. I'm completely convinced that within any single category on Amazon, there is virtually unlimited replan opportunity, including the ones that are open to you when you first start. And it gets better because as soon as you sell a few items, the other categories are going to open up to you relatively short order pretty rapidly, which is another indicator that we're not looking at a saturation issue here. Amazon is aggressively and actively seeking out new sellers. They're trying to hit metrics of recruiting new sellers. They need more sellers. Just like they're hiring constantly, building new warehouses constantly, hiring team and staff, they need more third-party sellers. They're in aggressive growth mode. Their numbers, number of people who are using the internet to shop exclusively has gone up dramatically post-COVID. We took a five-year leap into the future, basically, in a very short period of time. All of that is driving this opportunity. So even if you only have one category, I don't care what it is, the sporting goods, the home goods, there's huge opportunities there in all categories. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit in grocery. A lot of our replin sellers enjoy hanging out in grocery. You can get ungated very quickly in grocery. It's not that hard to do, but it is a little bridge you'll have to cross. But once you get into grocery, you'll kind of graduate out of it again, in my opinion, because there's not a whole lot of interesting $50 to $100 replins in grocery. They're talking big bundles and that sort of thing. You spend a lot of time on $5 to $10 items, and you know, which you can build a very viable business. You don't have to look far to find those. But yeah, that's not it. That's a non-issue. Really what we're hitting, as a, it's just occurring to me as we're going through this list, and these are all questions we've answered hundreds of times before, which is what we wanted. But it really comes down to, are there enough excuses for me to justify not checking this out or not? And I'm happy to, to address as many of them as you'd like. But if you're determined, and I'm not talking to you necessarily as my volunteer guinea pig guests today. Thank you for doing this, by the way. But other people listening to this going like, yep, yep. See, I didn't like his answer to that one. I'm going to go find something else. What I would challenge you to, this is the filter I want you to run the other things you're considering doing with your time is, is it as proven? Is it as stable? Does it have as many consistent success stories being produced? Is there a podcast like this one that represents that industry? Is the barrier to entry as low as this one is for those opportunities? Once you stack this up against what else is out there, there's a reason we cling to this one right now. If something else better comes, we're going to go that direction. But it's just not out there. We've done our research. We've looked around. Uh, So I want to hit a couple of things that I don't think I did. I was writing some notes and looking down here. You mentioned a lot of people popping up with issues. Uh, I think it was you, Pam. Like, you know, people complaining like, oh man, this product, I was able to sell it. Now I got an IP complaint and I got to file my paperwork. And, you know, in a group of, as you pointed out, nearly 70,000 sellers, people don't pop in often to say, yep, just want to let you know, just like the last 50 days in a row, today was another great day. Yep. Everything's running smooth. People don't pop in and say that. They pop in and say, okay, we've been on a three-month stretch of just beautiful. And now I got this weird message from Amazon today. Someone help me diagnose this? What's going on? But here's what you 
don't see that would be a big red flag. You don't see a wave of people coming through going, well, knew it was going to happen. Followed your system, got suspended. They held all my money. What a disaster. You, just, you don't see it because it's not happening. There's speed bumps like with any business. You know, if, if we owned a retail store together, we'd be like, okay, what's the shoplifting numbers for this month? Like, not much we can do about it. There's new security cameras cut down 2%, but we're still seeing a 3% shoplifting rate. You know, we still got all this paperwork we got to fill out to re- meet the government regulations for our area and whatever it is we're selling. Like there's little painful side things you just got to deal with. And that's what you see. This business is just like all the others. There's always going to be the stuff you just don't want to do, but you got to do it anyway. There's little surprises that, that pop up, but this is as stable as anything else I'm aware of in the world of e-commerce, as reliable as anything else I'm aware of in the entire e-commerce universe. There's nothing else like it. So I wanted to hit that because I, I didn't feel like I'd addressed that. And the whole suspension issue too, I, I kind of give my little mini soapbox speech all the time. After having taught tens of thousands of people, this business model, I'm aware of fewer than five people who are permanently suspended from Amazon following the strategies that we teach. Now, your dropshipping friend, Thelma, I'm not counting her in that mix because she didn't learn that from us, right? Had she, I would include her in the headcount. But she didn't learn that from us. We don't teach that strategy. We teach very stable. We teach you how to avoid those areas that are going to get you into trouble, those high risk or even low to medium risk areas. We teach the as close to zero risk as possible strategies, meaning Amazon's going to smile at everything you're doing. They're going to love having you on their platform. That's the stuff we teach. So when you do it that way, the suspension risk drops and your odds of being reinstated if you are suspended is, this is an industry statistic, 97% or greater. So if you get suspended, it's going to be a temporary thing and you're going to be back on the platform very quickly, 97% of the time. And suspensions are very rare in our community. They do happen. You can't control, you know, with that many sellers, things are going to happen. But I've met with and talked to the people at Amazon that are control in control of these types of decisions. You got to keep in mind, they're throwing thousands or tens of thousands of illegitimate sellers off their platform every day. And sometimes the baby gets caught in the bathwater and then they get them back in as soon as they can. But I'm talking about people with very nefarious kind of motivations. Like, again, let's take your dropship example. Let's say I got on there and said, hey, I have 50 TVs in my garage right now. Who wants one? They're only 100 bucks each. These are $800 TV. You sell them all in a day. Get paid. Well, you don't have any of those TVs. What's Amazon going to do? They're going to come back at you and say, hey, hey you know, get off our platform. And by the way, we're not paying you that money. right?" So they're dealing with those kind of people and keeping them off the platform so they can have a good customer experience. So sometimes the good guys get caught in those nets. But you prove to them, hey, this it was an accident. It was an oversight. It won't happen again. Here's what we've done to make sure it doesn't happen again. And they turn you back on, off you go to the races. And most of the time, it's just a little warning. They'll flip on in your seller central dashboard and say, hey, could you tell us what's up here? You know, this product here, we got a little complaint. What's going on? And you go back and forth and then it's over. But those issues do happen. We're dealing with real people buying real products. There's going to be questions and issues. Those things do come up and you'll need to spend a little bit of time dealing with them. But this can very quickly, one of the podcast guests from, I don't know if this went live or not, but it's a very part-time thing and it's a $250 an hour net business for him. $250 net, very part-time. You know, that's hard to beat with just about anything else I've seen out there. Very hard to beat. Yeah. So again, this isn't for everybody. 
And I'm not trying to talk my new friends, Pam and Thelma, into anything today necessarily. I just want to make sure that all the concerns that they may have, some of the challenges, some of the skepticism, some, some of the things they've seen are addressed to the best of my ability. There may be other things out there that you know, this may not be the best use of your time. But I would challenge you, you'd be hard-pressed to find something that is this stable and this low barrier of entry with a community and a culture like what we've got here. If you find something, please let me know because I would love to hear more about it. This is what we do. We help people launch creative income streams. And if there's something legit out there that we aren't teaching, we want to learn it, launch it, prove it out, and then teach it to others. So what else is on your mind, guys? You've been a real trooper today. Listen to me kind of rant. Hopefully it's, uh, it's been inf- informational for you guys. I think it's been informational. I think it's good. Well, excellent. Thanks, Pam. Yeah. How, how about you, Thelma? Did, did we move the needle at all? Where are you at? How are you feeling? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm learning a lot about this um, model. And I think, you know, I could test the, test the waters. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I, I could test the waters because, you know, I, I have looked, you know, into, you know, so many courses and many people in Fiverr. I've been doing so much research and, um, you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, I had almost, you know, paid someone on Fiverr to start working on this until, you know, I, I saw. I'm glad um, you didn't. That would be a big the, mistake. And the conference, yeah, and the conference was coming up. actually. The exact day you posted this was the day I was going to pay the person on Fiverr. So I was like, well, I could just hold up for a few more weeks and, you know, see exactly what this is about and see if it would really work for me. So, yeah, anyone offering do it for you, drop ship, we'll set it all up for you and just send you the money. Private label, 99% of the private label stuff, if you're new, run away. And I would probably go ahead and just say 100% on that one. If you're new, don't play around with private label. Those are some of the Amazon areas that are just... A, the, the marketing is tremendous and, and you'll find experts and people that promise all these things, but you just don't see. Again, that litmus test I gave you guys earlier, where's the community of people who are doing this successfully that I can hang out with for a few weeks, a few months? And get a feel for the culture, the people who are doing this successfully, ask them questions, the podcast episodes of people succeeding. You're just not going to find it with those other models. You aren't. The people succeeding with private label, the vast majority of them are the experienced. They've been around a while. They've taken their lumps. They put in big money once they were ready to take that next step and they were confident in the niche and they knew the niche and they had connections and the legal challenges and all that. They've navigated all this territory. You don't want to start there. You just don't start with this low hanging fruit. So I'm glad we talked you out of writing a big check because the number of just disaster stories, the most common disaster story that we hear from people that say, you know, because I've heard this literally thousands and thousands of times, I wish we'd found you sooner. So I would say, you know, why? Why is that? Tell me your story. The most common story I hear is, well, I've got a garage full of stuff that I just can't sell because I bought a $5,000 private label course and then I bought a $4,000 coach and they talked me into buying $30,000 of inventory after I bought their $500 a month tool to help me identify the niche. And nine months later, here I am with my wife mad at me. (laughs) My husband told me I can't park the car in the garage. What's going on? And so I came to you. Can you help? I'm like, oh, 
I see what you say. I wish you'd found this sooner now, because that is one approach to Amazon that's getting a bad rap very quickly. That's not what we teach. It's not what we do here. But there's a lot of marketing prowess behind that message. If you go on YouTube and say, I want to learn to sell on Amazon, you're going to see 90% of the content is that, that I just, it's taking you to where I just described, pushing you down that road. Because there's a lot of people making huge affiliate commissions off selling expensive courses, expensive coaching, expensive tools. They get paid very well to promote these things. They don't get paid well to promote a $29 course. We can give you everything you need month one, right? Mm-hmm. Our affiliate program, no one's getting rich off of it. We're kind of a bit of a voice in the wilderness, but I'd rather have our integrity and a list of success stories versus a high ticket product and have to change the name of our company every eight months because... There's so much bad press about us now on Google that you can't run from it. Mm-hmm. I use my name. Have we always done everything perfectly? No, but you won't find anybody who's come through our coaching program that will say that was a horrible investment. Not one. We've looked at over 7,000 coaching students now. You won't find one person that's, that was a terrible investment. Mm-hmm. We just don't. Because we'll give them money back if it's not good or we'll work, to you, work with you till you succeed. So that's how we've protected our reputation there. But what else is on your guys' mind? Anything? I mean, I think this is this has been a, a mentally challenging, I think, for all of us to kind of go through. I know you guys didn't want to beat me up, but I'm asking you to, you know, and here I am defending myself and I'm not used to kind of doing that on the podcast, but it's been fun, I think, and hopefully informative for people. You guys have been great. Yeah, it's been, it's been great for me too. Yeah, you, do, you don't hear a lot of people who talk about, you know, giving advice of, you know, where to go and where not to go with regards to this. And yeah, I think it's it's been very, very informative. So yeah, we'll see. Very good. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear from each of you guys, you know, a few months down the road, let me know where you end up. If it's in Amazon, great. If it's somewhere else, let me know. Uh, appreciate the work you're doing, Thelma. And as soon as you say healthcare, I'm thinking that's a universe that's changed a lot the last couple of years. That's an understatement, mm-hmm. right? So thank you for your work. I know it's been more challenging than probably what you thought, <laughs> right? A couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah. And Pam, a fellow yeah. business building warrior, hanging out with you a little bit. You know, you know the routine a little bit of what it's like to risk and uh, kind of not know what next quarter is going to look like. And so, uh, right. yeah, it's just been a right. pleasure. It's been a pleasure. But here's what I want to do for the two of you guys. I want to, you've got, I think you've both kind of mentioned you've dabbled with proven Amazon course a little bit. Maybe I'm just going to give you guys both free lifetime access. You'll never pay another penny for it. Okay. So it's there if you need it. It's going to continue to grow and improve just like it has for a decade. As new Amazon strategies come along, they'll be incorporated. You won't have to ever pay a penny for it. Just to kind of reward you guys and thank you for hanging out with me a little bit today. So the opportunity is there for you or maybe there's a friend and you want to encourage them in, plug them in right alongside you. Okay. And uh, we'll get them taken care of as well. So you can start to tap into, because we really spend a lot of time discussing the lower level Amazon opportunity replants, which can be a seven-figure business, but there's several other tiers that you can get into and it's all in there. And uh, so it'll grow with you guys if you if you do go down that road. So any other questions for me before we start to wrap this up, guys? I'll send you an email here when we're done. Oh, no, I don't have any other questions. Beautiful. Well, it's been fun hanging out with you guys. And as we're recording this, I'm not sure when it will air, but we're coming up on Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you guys. Hope it's a beautiful holiday season for you and your families. And um, Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you guys. All right. Well, I'll end it here. 
And to all the business building warriors who've been watching with us today, hopefully you found this instructional, informative, and, and entertaining. Let us know what you thought. If you want to do this kind of thing more often, I'd love to hear from you. Give, send us your feedback. But we'll have another episode for you real soon. God bless all of you. And we'll talk to you then. Hey, before I let you go, I wanted to let you know about a free offer from our friends at ilovesupplies.com. If you use the email address in the show notes today and ask for some free samples, they'll send them to you. And you can check out how their poly bags are better and different than what you're using right now. So find that email address in the show notes, drop them a line, tell them we sent you and ask for your free samples. ilovesupplies.com. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.